is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. In this town, you're out of luck. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. And you're not moving anywhere. From their early childhood to their professional career to their musical tastes. Take you out of this place. Someone you can We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to In Conversation. And on tonight's show, we've made it. We've actually made it. After two years of broadcasting, we have now got royalty on our In Conversation program. How about that? And tonight's guest is His Royal Highness, the King of the Jungle. It's Harry Redknapp. Well, good morning, Harry. Thank you ever so much for joining us on the show. First of all, do I call you Your Majesty or just Harry? Oh, just Harry. <laughs> yes, for sure. Just Harry, yeah. <laughs> no, well, obviously, you know, you are royalty and you're the first royalty we've ever had on the show. So, I mean, uh, I'm quite chuffed about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, quite an experience for me. I must, it must be true, but it was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never seen the programme before I did I'm a Celebrity, so to actually go on there, I, I never knew what was coming next or what happened, you know, I just never saw, uh, had ever seen one second of it, so I went in completely blind, but it was a great experience. I enjoyed it in the end. It was, they were nice people in there and made it, made it very easy, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. But but starting off with your football career, because uh, you know the way I see it, we we we've got three topics of conversation here: football, um, horse racing, and um, jungle. So we start off with football. Um, you know, looking back, you've had you've had so many so many managers' jobs, um, not to mention playing jobs. But looking at the playing side, West Ham, hundred and forty nine appearances, hundred one for Bournemouth, and and then just a few odds and sods. So you're you're very much dedicated to West Ham and Bournemouth. I would would take it, wouldn't you? Well, I left school at four just before I was 15 and went to West Ham. Yeah. I, you know, at 15, I sort of played there for a youth cup, a winning team. We won the youth cup, drawing crowds of 25,000 people at Upton Park. Yeah. Youth team. Yeah. We had a fantastic... And came through the youth policy, we had an amazing manager, Ron Greenwood. He was an incredible football coach, best I've ever seen, really. Uh, he was so forward-thinking, so far ahead of his time. And I grew up there with players like Bobby Borgia, first Martin Peters, who all went on to win the World playing the World Cup with his team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Played more than, but played a major part in winning. Bobby was a captain. Jeff scored three goals in the final. Martin Peters got the other one. So yeah, it was a great club to be at. Yeah. Um, looking back on it, looking looking back on it, Harry, what what would what would be the highlight of your time at West Ham? That's difficult, really. You know, we we did we we underachieved really, but we had an incredible group of players. You know, I, I was saying, what 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 would you say was the highlight of your time at West Ham? I don't know. It's difficult, really. I didn't play in a team that won anything. I no more than anybody else did during that era. You know, we mm. 
we had amazing players, we played fantastic football, but we never actually, you know, we got the semi-finals and got beat, and it was, uh, it was, it was one of them really. We just didn't manage to get over the line, and uh, you know, at that time to win to win a trophy. So, and it was very hard. There was two competitions, the league and the FA Cup, and in them days, everybody who went in for them tried to win them. Unlike now, where you know teams are putting reserve teams out in the FA Cup up to about the quarterfinals. Back in them days, the FA Cup was the major competition along with the league and everybody was out to win it. And Leeds, Liverpool, Man United, they, they were dominating at that time, you know. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the Man United... Yeah. George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Cholton, an incredible team. That was the era that I played in. That Leeds team was probably as good as any team I'd ever seen, you know. Mm. The team with Bremner, Giles, Eddie Gray, Lorimer, fantastic team, Jack Cholton, Norman Hunter. So it, it, we were full of great teams at that time. It's very hard to win anything, you know. Mm. What about, uh, you, you ended up at uh, Seattle Sounders. What, how did that come about? And, and, and you know, why, why did you at that stage go to America? Well, Jimmy Gabriel, I'll play with Jimmy Gabriel. Jimmy was a great player at Southampton, Everton, played for Everton when they won the FA Cup. And me and Jimmy signed for Bournemouth at the same time. And we were neighbours. And Jimmy Jimmy went out to America to play at Seattle and became coach. Uh, and he took me out there and I went out there with um, me and boy, Dave, Bobby Howell, who played at Bournemouth as well. Bobby was a fantastic coach. We went out there and we had four years at Seattle. Um, you know, we averaged 28,000 people. Our first game out there, we played in the Kingdome, played the Cosmos, uh, Pelé, all that great Brazilian team were at New York Cosmos at that time. And then in the, we played in the final a couple of years later of the, uh, the, the Super Bowl. It was like what, a soccer bowl. Uh, and when a game we played the Cosmos and uh, they had Beckenbauer, say Carlos Alberto, the captain of the Brazilian team in 1970, Pelé. I mean, you know, playing against Pelé on a regular basis was quite amazing. It was fantastic. How did you get on marketing, Harry? Um, you couldn't. You couldn't stop him. He was strong. He had everything, you know. I mean, mm. he scored a thousand goals in his career. Yeah. He was an amazing player. And we had, like, I went out, Bobby came out. Bobby Moore played at Seattle. Jeff Hurst came to Seattle and played. Uh, we had great players there. We had good players as well, you know. And um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. We were going to America. The kids had a great time out there growing up, going to school. So I had four years there. We used to spend, like, seven months in America and five months back in England. So we had the best of both worlds, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, so now it's time to listen to the first of Harry's musical choices, and it's the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. I say a little prayer.
Aretha Franklin there, and I say a little prayer. Now, obviously, time caught up with you, I suppose, from a playing point of view. Um, and, and in 80, 1983, you, you ended up as manager of Bournemouth. Um, you know, was it was it a sort of a natural progression? Did you feel that that was the right time to pack up playing? Yeah, I, I came back and had a year at Oxford City with Bobby, with Bobby Moore. Um, it's only me in league football, you know, it was very difficult. But it was a good experience just being with Bobby. I love Moore. We were great mates. Yeah. Uh, and then going to Bournemouth, yeah, and end up you know being manager at Bournemouth was a was a great time for me, you know. And in that period, we beat Man United in the FA Cup when they were cup holders. I was afraid you were going to mention that. Yeah, I, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left left in tears. I'm afraid. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it was a good day for us. Anyway. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then, then, then getting promoted, taking Bournemouth into. The championship for the first time in their history. 100 odd years, never been out of Division 3 or 4. And to get into the championship, people thought was impossible. I mean, when you look what they've achieved since then, what Eddie Howe did, take them into the Premier, yeah. was just a, 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 amazing what, what Eddie achieved, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, definitely. yeah, it was a great time for me. Ten years, no training ground, training in the park, getting thrown off by the park keeper. <laughs> you know, as soon as you started training, it, it was... Honestly, you know, we had 12 ball footballs at the start of the season. By the end of the year, you probably had three left. It was, you know, it was it was a great experience for me, going every night, watching games, trying to pick up players out of non-league or whatever, trying to get a bargain. It was just, uh, but yeah, great skimping and scraping, but loving every minute of it. Good group of players, uh, only getting crowds of three or 4,000 people. But, um, yeah, it certainly put me in good stead in later years, and I appreciate everything that happened to me after that. And then next up was West Ham, of course, where, you you know, you built up a, a huge reputation and, and, and turned the team into, a, you know, a good good standard side. Yeah, well, we had, we did grow. I mean, we had six kids come out of the youth team there that all went on to play for England and become massive stars. They won everything in the game. Unfortunately, West Ham sold the players instead of keeping them. They sold Rio Ferdinand, they sold Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, Jermaine Defoe, Glenn Johnson. And when they all went on to play for England, God knows how many times they won Champions League winners, they were Premier League winners. You know, you look at what they did in the game and they was all kids that I'd signed at 12, 13 years of age. Yeah. And to see them, see them develop and become great players was for me was was fantastic you know when you know the kids and you see them seeing Rio coming at training and going watching the kids on a Tuesday and Thursday night and you know and chatting to him and he's 13 and he's like what do the players eat before they play you know mm. what, what kind of boots do they wear and all that you know and then suddenly you know end up becoming you know arguably the best centre half in Europe it was uh, yeah it was great 
Frank, you know, what a player Frank Lampard turned into. I mean, incredible. But it, but it says a lot for your ability to to, to, to spot these kids at that age, and and obviously, you know, going on to to win sort of every honour in the game. Really, I mean, that must say an awful lot for your ability at watching players and seeing a good one when you see one. What it is, Adrian, really, is, is recruitment. What you have to do, you know, you have to get the right people. You can't be out every night watching watching kids play. But what I did, I took an interest in the kids. I went to every youth game. I'd go anywhere in the country. Went in the youth cup. I go. I went to Oldham. I went to. Everton, you know, I went to Liverpool when the kids were playing. I made it my business every Saturday morning to go and watch the youth team play. Yeah, because you know, showed that, that was the way forward for me um, to produce our own players. You know, yeah. Listen, Southampton did it. Southampton did it well. You look at their youth policy. You know, with the Gareth Bales and the people that they brought through, the Adam Lallanas, all them players that come through Southampton's academy late in later years. It's so important if you can produce your own players. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> West Ham, from then on, Portsmouth next up. Um, and, and obviously then Southampton and Portsmouth again. Uh, I mean, that must have been... <laughs> was it difficult, knowing of the rivalry between the two teams? Oh, very difficult, yeah. I mean, I went to Portsmouth and had the most incredible time. You know, I went there when they were in the championship, six, probably four years running before that. And I really, to be honest, I couldn't really see it where I was going to do much with them. Uh, but my first year there as manager, I managed to bring in Paul Merson on track just before the kick-off and start the season. And he made he, he turned the team around. He walked in and everybody suddenly, we took off. And from being 33 to one outsiders to win the league at the start of the year, we ended up winning it. We led from start to finish. We had the greatest time. The fans were just amazing. They loved every minute of it. You know, and, and the atmosphere at Fratton Park was just incredible. Mm. And we beat teams like Man United when we got into the Premier. You know, they'd, they'd come down, we'd turn them over. We'd beat everybody, Man City. We, we had a great, great run, you know. But my first time around was just amazing. And then, um, you know, I had a bit of a fallout with Milan, who was Milan Mandrick. Uh, he brought a director of football in from Yugoslavia that... You know, we, we had a big disagreement about, and um, and I left, and on the rebound, almost I went to Southampton, which was, you know, another obviously a, a, another good club, great club. Um, but it was very difficult looking back on it. You know, the fans were Pompey fans weren't happy with me going there. And I could understand, you know, I didn't realise the rivalry was that fierce, to be honest. Anyway, I then went back to Portsmouth and um, had a great time when I went back. Managed to keep us up when we went back there. We were bottom of the league and we went on an incredible run. The last 10 games of the season, managed to stay up. Um, and then, you know, new owner came in, Sasha Kaidemak. Um, and, you know, I just decided that I didn't have a relationship with him really. I did with Milan before. And I decided if maybe uh, Tottenham came in, I turned Tottenham down 18 months earlier when I was managing Portsmouth. I said I didn't want to actually turn the job down. I was offered it by Daniel Levy uh, and decided I wanted to start Portsmouth at that time. I turned the Newcastle job down when I was at Portsmouth. Again, you know, that was, they made me an incredible offer. But I was loving my time at Portsmouth so much, I didn't want to go anywhere else. And then suddenly, I just felt... You know, with a new owner coming in, I just wasn't sure about our relationship. And Tottenham came in and I decided to make the move. And um, 
I had a great time at Tottenham, four years, Champions League, you know, top four finishes. It was, uh, it was, it was, we played amazing football, great players, Gareth Bell, Luka Modric, Rafa van der Vaart, all world-class footballers. So yeah, had a great time there. More music now, and this time it's Gladys Knight and the Pips, and the best thing that ever happened to me.
Gladys Knight and the Pips there, the best thing that ever happened to me. Because when you were at Tottenham, you, you, you know, your reputation was such that, you know, because of your sort of easygoing, relaxed um, approach to people, uh, you know, you were becoming, you know, really a, a big name in football, weren't you? I mean, how did you cope with that? I mean, it, it was quite clear that it was just you. It was the natural Harry Redknapp, but everybody seemed to love you. Well, you know, yeah, it was a great. It was, and I just went there, and it was, you know, I, I, I spurs, you know, I, I, I managed at the lower level. I'd come through the ranks, you know. I'd mm. had ten years at Bournemouth. I had a year at Oxford City in a non-league. Yeah. So I came up the hard way in management, you know. But you know, Alex Ferguson the same, you know, and people like lot. That's how it was back in the day. Yeah. You, you got promoted through the divisions if you did a good job. Unlike now, where you know it's very hard for the lads now. There's so many good British managers around the lower divisions. You never get the opportunity. No matter how well they do, we just keep bringing in foreign manager after foreign manager. You know, someone's looking, oh, we're bringing him in. He sounds, instead of looking down where there's some great managers down the lower divisions, if they were given the chance to do it, they yeah. could do it. Yeah. And um, from then on, it was it was Queen's Park Rangers. And I think it, you were manager at Queen's Park Rangers when Yeovil uh, were in the championship and we came to play you there. I'm sure you were manager there then. Yes, I was. Yeah, I came to Yeovil and we were very lucky to win at Yeovil, actually. Uh, the day we won the game at Yeovil, we beat Yeovil. And then we got promoted at the end of the year through the playoffs. We went uh, we won, went to Wembley, played Derby County in the playoff final, which is a fantastic day. And uh, Bobby Zamora smashed in a 25-yarder with a couple of minutes to go to win the game for us. We had 10 men hanging on a bit at a time. Gary O'Neill had got sent off. It was, I'd had Gary, Gary was a Portsmouth. Gary was a real top, good, great player, great pro. Gary had been sent off and we had down to 10 men and really, there was only one winner and it was going to be Derby and we, we broke out and suddenly Bobby's hit one from nowhere right in the top corner. So, and we, we got promoted, it was fantastic. Yeah, I can remember it well. Um, it was it was a bit of a goal, wasn't it? Zamora's was. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> and then you ended up in Jordan, which was a bit of a, a um, you know a bit of a change, should we say? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think someone said asked if I could manage Jordan. I wasn't sure if they were talking about the football, the country, or the <laughs> or the birds. You know, the, the young lady Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I said that anyway, it, it was out to off to Jordan for two games. Uh, went with Kevin Bond, being Kevin went. I always had good staff with me. I, that was important. I had Joe Jordan with me. I had Jim Smith with me at Portsmouth. Yeah. Amazing. Jim was a great character. Kevin Bond, you know, I took them everywhere with me. Yeah. Um, you know, so I had a great goalkeeping coach, David Coles. They were my backroom team and they, they were vital to me, really. Yeah. Uh, but I went to Jordan, me and Kevin, and managed two games with, you know, Prince Ali rung me. When he rang up, I thought it was someone having a wind-up. This is Prince Ali Jordan, you know. Yeah. I'm going, oh, yeah, who is he? not messing about, you know. <laughs> uh, he just, I did, he would, I'd go and do two games. Had a qualifier against uh, Bangladesh. I did that game and then went to Australia to play uh, against Australia. So, yeah, great experience. Met loads of lovely people. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Funny enough, I had some dealings with the King of Jordan myself. Funny enough, because we had a we had a salute a Saluki dog, and it, it turned out that one of his brothers, uh, King the King of Jordan, had bought, and uh, we exchanged letters and photographs of the dog. So, uh, just a interesting really? little side. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, but um, yeah, that's his brother. Prince, Prince Ali's brother would be the king. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've forgotten his first and name now. Jordan would have yeah, been that's it, father. yeah. King Hussein, that's the one. He's supposed, to be, he's supposed to have been an amazing man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody well, I mean, we obviously, all we talked about was dogs, I'm afraid. So, <laughs> but there we go. So, you ended up at Birmingham City, which was your last club in terms of uh, of management. Yeah. How did you get on there? Yeah, yeah. well, I went there with three games to go. I got a phone call again on a Saturday after Saturday evening. They just got beat. Uh, Franco Zola was the manager who was a fantastic player what a player he was Zola yeah and, you know they've been on a bad run you know injuries whatever they just couldn't win a game and they were they were in the bottom three and they had three games left and I got a phone call and asked me would I take the last three games I said not really I'm really, not uh, anyway, I had a meet with the owners of Chinese people in London, and I said, okay, I took it for three games. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, when I looked at the three games we had to play, I thought, I wish I hadn't taken it. <laughs> we had Huddersfield at home who were trying to make get yeah, a top two finish. They needed to beat us. Then we went to Villa for a local derby, who, you know, there's no love lost here, and that's another fierce derby. Yeah. And then the last game was still City away, who had been, I think, 10 games unbeaten. So they were tough games, but we, we beat Huddersfield first game at home. Jay Adams got sent off, who's doing fantastic things now for Southampton and Scotland. He got sent off after about 12 minutes. We played all game with 10 men and won 2 0. Yeah. An amazing result. Then we went to Aston Villa, got beat 1 0 with a last minute penalty. And then we had to go to Bristol City and win the last game. Um, there was four teams that could, any four of us could have gone. Uh, if we won, we would stay up. But if we had drew or lost, we would have gone down. So we went to Bristol City and managed to win 1 0. So it was a great, you know, fantastic to keep them up. Well, it says a lot for your ability as a manager again, Harry. Well, it was it was a great experience to go there. It was you know it was a real real good club Birmingham again, great support. You know the fans were amazing there, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. You know, I was it was it was really enjoyable to achieve something like that. And um, so yeah, that was about it really. And since then, I'm supposed to have retired, but I'm busier than ever. What what brought about the you know the, the retirement? Did you did you feel was it just something that it feels right again? You know, I think this is the time. Yeah, oh yeah. I just you know I thought that's it now, and then I thought that I'd be have a quiet life. Obviously, I've done the jungle. I'm a celebrity, and if suddenly everything went crazy again, <laughs> you know, and then suddenly I'm I'm here, there, and everywhere doing stuff for different people, different companies, and all sorts of TV things. I had a couple of shows I did. I did Harry's Heroes, yeah, uh, which I absolutely loved doing with the, the old footballers. You know, we had an unbelievable time. You know, Razor Rudder, Paul Merson, and David Seaman, Matt Latissi, all them boys. We just had a great time. Uh, filming, making the program, playing the game against Germany. Uh, we did that a couple of times. We went off, then we went on a road trip to Italy, France, finished up in Germany again to play them again. And won both games, which was, that was extra good. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and then, you know, I did a program about Sandbanks where I live, Harry Sandbanks summer. That was great fun. You know, John Barnes, Chris Damara, people that came down. 
Joe Pasquale, and, you know, I had all sorts of people on the show with me, uh, Nick Coles, and we had a great time. More music now, and this one is called Because You Love Me from Celine Dion. For all those times you stood by me, for all the truth that you made me see, for all the joy you brought to my life, for all the wrong that you made right, for every dream you made come true.
Celine Dion there and Because You Love. But looking back on your, on your football career overall, player and manager, would, would winning the FA Cup be the, the, the absolute highlight or was there something else? Getting promoted with Bournemouth for the first time in a hundred years, getting them out of that league was something I'll never forget. You know, people yeah. never thought that could happen. Yeah. Going to Portsmouth, getting promoted at Portsmouth was, for me was probably bigger than winning the FA Cup with Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting in, taking them to the Premier League where we had an incredible time, you know. That first year, I mean, we didn't spend money that first year. We took people like Matt Taylor for £25,000 from Luton. Who was, you know, we had Paul Merson, and we had, and we had people like Limboy Primus, who was incredible, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ariander Zoo on a free transfer from Wigan. We picked up a lot of free transfers that first year and, and went on and won the league. So we were 33 to 1 outsiders at the start of the year. So that would always be special to me, you know. Mm. Um, you know, taking Tottenham into the Champions League, winning at Man City, at big Man City away. Just uh, qualify for the Champions League, you know, get into the quarterfinals, champ, beating AC Milan and Inter Milan on the way, knocking them out, you know, and get, get beat by Real Madrid when Peter Crouch got sent off. That was a great, great time in my life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Winning those couple of games with Birmingham was fantastic. QPR getting promoted through the playoff final, that was a great day. I've had loads of great days, eh? you know, and I've loved every minute of it. I've been so lucky, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did you get involved in horse racing then? Because I know you've got a few horses. Um, and yeah, I'm... a few too many. <laughs> I've got 14. Have you? I've got horses in Sheikh Mohammed, I think, yeah. Yeah, and and who, who yeah, um, where, where are they? Who trains them? Everywhere, everywhere. I've got a couple with Gary Moore down in Sussex. I've got a couple with Ben Paul in at Stow on the Wold. A couple with Fergal O'Brien down in Cheltenham. Uh, couple with Simon Dow at Epsom. Uh, I'm all over the shit, really. I'm really everywhere with them. But um, no, it's my passion, really. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy horse racing. I love animals. I love horses. Yeah. I worry more about the horses coming back safe than anything else, really. Uh, but, um, and when they, finish, when, they, when they finish racing, I'll make sure that I rehouse them, rehome them, you know, find yeah. somewhere for them to live, somewhere nice, somewhere to look after them. It, it sounds as though the majority of, of your horses are jumpers, though, yeah? Uh, yeah, I've got two flat horses with Simon Dow. Yeah. At Epsom. Uh, got a flat horse with Gary Moore. But, um, uh, uh, two flat horses with Gary, actually, at uh, the dual purpose, really. They yeah. will be. With yeah. Gary down in Sussex. I like yeah. Gary Moore. I'll get on well with Gary. I think he's a great racing family. Have a look at his family, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brian Moore, you know, arguably the best jockey in the world. And the whole family, Jamie, you know, and Josh and Hayley, they're just all racing, great racing people. Well, I, enjoy, I enjoy having a with them. We, we obviously, or, you know, this, this interview came about thanks to Colin Brown, who, who does a piece that I've got a racing show on the radio as well. And, um, that's how I'm, I managed to get sort of through to you really. But, um, I, I've got uh, a share in, uh, have you heard of Hot to Trot Racing Syndicate? Yes. Yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm a part, I'm a part of one of them. So, um, you know, Brilliant. I've, I've Brilliant. got, I've got the same passion that you have. Sorry? Who trains them? 
uh, well we've got six at the moment um, and they're all over the place like yours and I'm just trying to grab the leaflet and I'll tell you exactly who does train them um, certainly one um, wait a minute let's have a look we got one at Brian Meehan's um, yeah. we've got one at Roger Charlton one at Ed Bethel one at Charlie Fellows one at Huey Morrison one at Clive Cox and one at Brian Meehan's so right. so they're, they're quite good but uh, we got good. we got three yeah, yeah. three two year olds haven't run yet so we're looking forward to them going out sort of in, the, in the autumn we had a winner at um, Newmarket last Saturday actually Millie Miglia won up there from Clive Cox's one so uh, yeah oh, I, I, I love it I, I can't get enough of it I have to say more music now and this time of course it's Mr Frank Sinatra and Strangers in the Night Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night What were the chances We'd be sharing love Before the night was through Something in your eyes Was so inviting Something in your smile was so exciting something in my heart told me I must have you strangers in the night two lonely people we were strangers in the night up to the moment when we said our first hello little did we know Love was just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away, and ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight, in love forever, it turned out so right, for strangers in the night. Just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away. Ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight. In love forever, it turned out so right for strangers in the night. Frank Sinatra, of course, there, and Strangers in the Night. No, no, I love it. For me, a day out at Fontwell, a day at Wincanton, Newbury, I love Newbury. Yeah. A day at New- oh. They're my favourite days out. And have you won any decent races yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had good horses, you know. I've moved to start, won the big sprinters, the 
Goodwood and he got beat a, he got beat an inch in the Prix de Abbey and at Longchamp. Yeah. An inch. He got stopped three times in the last furlong. He would have won three lengths. And he got beat in a photo by a nose. And uh, so, no, I've, had some, I've got some nice horses. I'm looking forward this year to shake him up, Harry, with Ben falling. He's going chasing. He was a good hurdler. But we kept coming up against, uh, we, we got beat by all the top horses last year, come second, come second. Shiskin yeah. beat us at Newbury. Yeah. Shiskin is, Dickie uh, Henderson, you know what Shiskin is, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, then, then, you know, we, we just got beat in the in the bet for a hurdle. Then we did every, you know, we, we win every big race, but we just kept getting chid by something. But he goes chasing this year, which is what he's bred to be. And we think he'll make a great chaser. So we're hopeful. Oh, I should be keeping my eyes open for that one. Do you ever go to Salisbury? Yeah, not, yeah, I do. I like Salisbury. Salisbury's a great day out. Yeah. 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 No, I'm off I've up. always got one time. Back in the day when Paul, Alan Ball, Mickey Shannon, they were always there. They were great days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, um, off, Paul, I'm off up to Salisbury tomorrow, so... I always think of Baldy when I go to Salisbury or when I go to Ascot. Royal Ascot, Baldy would always be in the car park with a, with a boot, having a picnic in the owners and trainers here. Mickey yeah. Shannon, yeah. one of the footballers in there. I mean, Mickey was a great player. Alan Ball was a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, you'll have to bring a few horses down to my neck of the woods because we've got um, Anthony Honeyball, Jack Barber, and Harry Fry, and I suppose Colin T Tizard as well, all within sort of spitting distance of all, where I am. All, all, all good trainers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, fantastic. You know, Harry Fry, Noel Fahili. I've got good friends with Noel when he used to ride for, for, for uh, Harry Fry. But all, they're all fantastic. Uh, you know, I see Colin Tizard's going to hand the reins over to uh, Joe. Yeah. This year, Joe, Joe Tizard's going to take over the big bait. Joe's a lovely boy, a lovely fella. Yeah, so is Harry. So is uh, Colin. I, I, Colin's been a great help to us with the radio. So, you know, he, he's yeah. smash, smashing. Yeah, great, great people. Yeah. Great people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Last musical track coming up from Harry. And this one, I can imagine him singing this after a good victory for West Ham. It's I Left My Heart in San Francisco with Tony Bennett. Of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome is of another day. I've been terribly alone and forgotten in Manhattan. I'm going home to my city. By the bay, I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill. It calls to me To be where little cable cars 
climb halfway to the stars the morning fog may chill the air I don't care my love waits there In San Francisco Above the blue And windy sea When Your golden sun will shine for me Tony Bennett there and I left my heart in San Francisco or maybe even Seattle. Well, that, that takes us to subject number three, Harry, which is um, Your Majesty winning the jungle. Just, just tell me, how did the whole thing about... I mean, did, did they just ring you up and say, hey, Harry, do you want to come on the jungle? I mean, is it as simple as that? Something like that. Hey, what happens, they, you know, they came on, asked me if I would do it. I said, no, I don't, I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not interested. I got asked to do Strictly. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it. I felt, I, I, I really, I'd be out of my comfort zone. It wouldn't be for me, you know. Yeah. And I got asked to do this. And they offered me good money. I'm no good sitting here saying that they did. And, uh, and I thought, yeah, okay. I'd never seen the program. But, you know, suddenly I changed, changed my mind. I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. And I played golf with Kevin Bond. I remember playing golf with Kevin. And I said, I, I was supposed to be doing, um, I'm a celebrity, you know, in a few weeks, but I'm, I'm not going to do it, you know. Oh, Harry said, you're mad. He said, it's fantastic. You're loving what an experience at your age. Yeah. What are you going to do all through the week? You can't play golf every day, you know. Yeah. You've got short. It's what I went, yeah, you, yeah. I went, I said, my mum Kevin Bond, I'd enjoy it, a bit of an experience. You know? Well, it's up to you, but you should watch it because you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. I said, well, maybe I'm better off not watching it. <laughs> and, I'll go, and that's what I did. I didn't watch it. I thought, and she honestly, she said to me, you don't get any food in there. And I honestly thought there would be a caravan round the back where you went off from, <laughs> you know, cut, you, okay, have a cup of coffee, bacon sandwich, yeah. have an hour. Everyone back on set, all sitting there making out your own. I thought that's what it was. I thought it's only a bloody... TV program, they're not going to actually starve, you know. <laughs> but it was worse than I ever imagined. Yeah. Miles worse. There was nothing nice about it except the people that I was in there with and the friends that we became, and, you know, but we all got on with it. But there's nothing nice. I mean, everything about it at night, you, the rain sheeted in. Yeah. And, you know, you'd wake up in the morning soaking wet. You know, you laid on an old top, old camp. You know, and the toilets were, to- well, the toilet, the front toilet, 
uh, it was so dark you couldn't see anything in there. <laughs> Probably just and as well. I did then. I, I know I used to put the seat up when I'd been in the toilet, and a couple of the girls nearly fell down the hole. <laughs> I mean, that's the right. They so much putting the seat. Oh, oh my God! No, I didn't. I didn't own up to it, but uh, I'd always been told to put the toilet seat up after you went to the toilet. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you went in there, you couldn't see anything, and uh, they nearly fell down the bleeding hole a couple of times. So, <laughs> But what about the foods? I mean, some of these ridiculous. Food, I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I just. How do people do it? Eat that sort of stuff. Well, I, uh, that was the thing, really. I didn't eat a lot. I mean, I, I, I lost eighteen pounds, and I'm, I'm not heavy. No. You know, I went in there like, uh, you know, I was, tw- I was twelve eight, and I came out sort of eleven, eleven four. You know, I'm just under six pounds. I'm five eleven and a half. You know. Yeah. Nearly six foot. So level stone four is not very heavy, and that's what I came out at, really. But then what kept me going, we were stopping off in Dubai on the way home. We'd made the plan that we'd stop in Dubai, had five days holiday, and, and I was just thinking about that all the time. You know, when I was doing a, doing a, one, you know, one of the trials, yeah. I'm landing with rats crawling all over me. I'm just thinking about getting to Dubai and sitting outside having a glass of wine in the evening, you know, yeah, and that kept me going, really. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, did, did you eat any of the, the stuff that they served up to you? Not an awful lot, no. Very, very little. Yeah. You know, and what people don't... The, the families, they, they, they stay in that hotel, but every morning at half past five, they're on a bus into the jungle, hour and a half, hour and 45 minute drive, and they have to wait around all day because the time difference and everything else while they're filming... To see which one of the family, whoever comes out, they had to be there to meet them. So when you came out, you must get a meter. So then I wait around because someone was coming out every day once the voting started. So every day, those that were still in it, they got carted into the jungle on the bus at half past five and get back to the hotel at 5 30 at night. Yeah. So that really, they, they didn't have a lot of fun at all. Especially my missus, she's in there every, she's hanging, she's there at the last one. <laughs> so really, she, you know, all day was spent hanging around by the jungle somewhere. And um, waiting for me to turn out. And having to get up at half past five all the time. Every, well, they was up at five or whatever, off into the jungle. <laughs> so they never really had any, any, they, she didn't have any time to sit around a port and go or go out and give some family or do anything. It was... But 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 by and large, a, a, an experience that, with hindsight, you you would you would do again. Oh yeah, I, I'm glad I've done it. I, mean, I wouldn't want to do it, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it, it, it was amazing. And it changed my it changed. I, for me going out and have, having just men coming up to me talking about football and chat to everybody like I do. Suddenly, it's more women and kids talk to me now. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, there is blokes, everybody, they all watch the program when I come out. It was strange, you know. I'm, I'm, it was really quite weird, really, but uh, it was a good experience. And uh, say, so made some good friends in there. We all keep in touch on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. I, I'm not that into all that, you know, but I, I go on occasionally. And, but no, it was, it was really... Uh, it was a good experience. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't end up eating up uh, whatever it is, some of the stuff that they served up, because I just think that is so disgusting. I just, I just couldn't. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd throw up at the, the prospect of it. No, <laughs> no, I couldn't. I, I struggled to eat it really. Yeah. I, I went days without eating. You know. I'm not surprised, but, but I mean that um, must have made it that much worse no. for you. Absolutely, but oh, I presume I, it's. I still, I still couldn't move. I still couldn't move them out of the East End of London until they died. They just, they were stuck there in an old block of flats. And just, I tried to get them down to Bournemouth, but they just wouldn't move. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, us old folk are like, mate. You know, we, <laughs> we're set in our ways. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose, Absolutely. I suppose, from a point of view now, I mean, you, you, you're probably busier now than you've ever been, aren't you? Williams, who was the driving force behind it all when it started, 
just incredible, really. So we have a great time. We all stay in the hotel. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good four days leading up to the game. But they get very, very nervous for the game. Yeah. Because they're out there comfort zone, aren't they? They're doing something different, you know. Yeah, and quite. Next week, I'm playing, next week, I'll be in the same position. I'm playing in the BMW Golf, the Pro-Am at Wentworth. And there'll be thousands of people there. And I shall be playing golf at Wentworth. And I'll be out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a Pro-Am thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there'd be, there's thousands there. I mean, a proper big pro-am. It's, uh, it's before the BMW, so all the top players, not the top players in the world, they're all playing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you're not a bad golfer by all accounts, so, I mean, it can't be that bad. No, I'm okay. I'm keen. I enjoy it. I'm not good, but I do enjoy it. I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Harry, this has been absolutely fantastic, mate. I'm so grateful to you for coming on. Um, really hey, appreciate it's a pleasure. it. Good, Sorry? Good luck to Yeovil Town. Good luck to Yeovil. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. We, we won. I'm a, I'm a Yeovil supporter. I want to see him do well. Good for you. Well, so do we all. And, you know, the thing is, I was there for all the good times, and it, it's very difficult now to sit back and watch. And, you know, they're struggling a little bit, to be honest, in this National League. I remember we played yeah. Watford in the Championship up at Vicarage Road, and Gary Johnson said to me after the game, he said, Aid, if they'll give me another half a million now, I can, I can get, we, we'll stay in this league. Well, of course, they didn't. Yeah. Um, but he, if they had a stayed in, they would have had another five million, which would have made all the difference to the situation, you know? Absolutely. But, Let's hope they get it sorted out on the field and off the field. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so, anyway. I do hope so. Yeah, that's absolutely fine, Harry. Thank you ever so much. All and, right. And hopefully. Good to you. And you, mate. And hopefully we'll touch base at Yeovil so not in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Keep well, mate. Uh, and you, mate. Thanks ever so much. Bye bye. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom. And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is Your love is done.